La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It is Friday as we wrap up your work week and let you know, I guess, kind of how you feel about the NBA Finals, or at least I would like to... Have you tell me how you feel about the NBA Finals? Did you see that fourth quarter? It was one that hadn't happened ever in, you know, NBA Finals history. So we'll get into all of that and more. As always, you know what we do on Friday. Always looking forward to the weekend. Gus Cattengill, Jordan Clee there with you. It is the Sports Hangover. And looking forward to hearing from you today about that NBA Finals. Also, we will continue to talk a little bit about Saints OTAs wrapping up yesterday. We'll go over and hear. Again, if you missed it from Jarvis Landry, as he spoke after practice and Dennis Allen, we'll touch on all of that and more. As we have your normal list of Friday guests and have a little fun coming up at 12.15. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, will join us. Coach G on Christian Bolisic, unhappy with the fan support in a game to get ready for the World Cup. First of four in the month of June. Did he, did he have the right to say that? We'll touch on that coming up here in a little bit. Rafael Esparza at 1.15. Marlon Favorite, 215, Leo Haggerty over at 230, the rest of the way open segments. And again, we'll be kind of playing a handful of different uh, players and sounds here as well. Lante Taylor is a player that's getting a lot of activity and some chance and some opportunity because of Marshawn Lattimore not being over at OTAs, at least the two that we saw. And again, and I keep prefacing that because I don't know, we don't have attendance, so we're not being given that from Dennis Allen or anybody. And um, and I say that just because I know that we've seen CD Deuce, uh, you know, tweet that he's been there, saw him last week, but not there today or, or yesterday. So when you look at it all, there could be some guys doing some things, uh, a day or two out of them or not. So I don't know if they're in the building, not in the building or not participating on all three of the full days of OTAs that are available, but we'll go into all of that and more uh, here today. At ESPN Radio NOLA is the way to share your thoughts over on social media as, again, love to hear from you uh, on what you think from what you saw, read, if you watch this, the highlights per se, the sports packages on your favorite TV station yesterday or looked on social media by people putting some things up there as well. I've Yet to put up some of my photos and, and videos that we saw yesterday, but we can touch on a, a lot of those different aspects of it, of things that did stand out, I think, in, you know, regards to the OTAs here as well. And not try to overanalyze anything, but just, you know, again, things that I think that did stand out that made a lot of sense and, and things that we can kind of go into here, uh, as well. Plus we'll also hear nationally from, um, the Celtics and Warriors. I mean, that, that was a game that, I, I don't think, and that fourth quarter was something else, wasn't it? Uh, it, the Warriors were on their way to, to winning game one. And we talked about yesterday some of those, some of those numbers, 14 straight series, best of seven series after they win game one. And 
all of the finals experience that they've had. But at the end of the day, it kind of, I, I think, was what, why I liked the, the Celtics for, for a bit. And that was the fact that they are a team that I think they play with that attitude. That I don't give a bleep attitude. A 40 to 16 fourth quarter. 40 to 16 fourth quarter. Jordan, when you watched that game yesterday, did you think that that was, I mean, <laughs> that fourth quarter is happening? What, like, seriously, what's in your mind? I'm mainly thinking what's going on with the Warriors. It's kind of not the Warriors that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were, you, you were kind of waiting for them to, you know, kill the run that the, the Celtics were going on and it, it just never happened. And that, that's kind of what I took away from it. We've been talking about it the past couple, uh, a couple of days since we figured out who the, who was going to be in the NBA finals. And the main concern for the Celtics was, you know, going on those runs and making sure, you know, Steph Curry, you're containing Stephen Curry. You didn't do it. You didn't do that in the first quarter, but then it seemed like they did that the rest of the way. Um, no, Celtics played a, a hell of a game last night and they showed that they do belong there. So I, I'm very excited to see what happens and what unravels in game two. But last night, that was a Warriors team that I haven't seen, you know, at full strength play like that in a while. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because remember one of the things that I've been touching on. Jordan, I think that really stands out to me this postseason has been odd almost is that you have an instance where you have the eventual NBA winner is going to be a team that's either gotten blown out, had a horrible quarter or a bad game and is going to be the eventual champion. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Warriors got blown out by Memphis in one of those games. And things of that nature, Celtics did as well about Milwaukee. So it's just strange, isn't it? And odd when you kind of look at how the things have, have, have unfolded, to be honest with you. But I, I'm just, I'm looking at it because, you know, one of the storylines going into that game with Steph Curry, his future and all this, is he the best player on that court? And you look at that fourth quarter and a guy like him, you're like, you got to get going. Yeah. You got to get stepping up. And man, it, they had no answers for the Celtics on the defensive side. And I've said this, look, when Horford is knocking down threes, when Smart's knocking down threes, and you got guys that are just, you know, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, or, I mean, Derek White, let's be honest, how many people are like, they're looking, they're Googling that guy, Derek White, right? Derek White comes off the bench and drops 26 points. I mean, no one, I mean, you know what I'm getting at? It's like, for the most part, people are like, wow, that, that's Jason Tatum at 12. 12. It, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like it's just your day, right? It's kind of your day, isn't it? No, I've, yeah, absolutely. And kind of going back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, um, you were just, you know, when I'm watching the game and I'm waiting to see, all right, Warriors are going to stop the bleeding here sometime soon. And it just never happened. And the Celtics kept applying pressure and mm-hmm. it bodes well for them winning that first game. Cause I know yesterday you brought up a stat of, uh, about the amount of times that the Warriors, when they take game one, how how many times they, they win this series. So that was kind of a, a big thing for the Celtics to take game one, especially at the Warriors' home. No, no doubt. And look, it, it puts a, a ton of pressure now, doesn't it? I mean, a ton of pressure on the fact that if you're, if you're the, if you're the, the Warriors, you cannot lose this game, can you? I mean, you, you can't lose game two. And here's the other thing. If you're the Celtics, it couldn't have gone any better for you. Not only do you pick up that win, you took it away home court, but also you have two days. You have two days to rest. You're not playing tomorrow. You're playing Sunday. Sunday. So I think that is a huge plus when you look at Boston being able to you, – you, I mean, you got you can just chill today, kind of walk through tomorrow, and then – then Sunday you can bring back that same energy, which is crazy because I thought one of the things that would be against them would be their legs, right? And if you were going to steal a game, you really wanted to steal that first one. It's just, it's dumbfounding to me. I could just imagine your Warriors fan and you're sitting there going, how are you losing the fourth quarter 40 to 16? I mean, this isn't like, you know, 32, 28 or something like 40 to 16. You got absolutely manhandled. I mean, it was, I don't know. I I just I I'm I'm watching the fourth quarter and I'm just my mouth is open. You know, I'm like, what what is going on? <laughs> what are you seeing here? Because the Warriors, do you think? And I, and I saw a lot of people this morning kind of talk about it. Boston starts on that 17-0 run, which by the way is the second largest fourth quarter 
run in a finals over the last 50 years. So, again, historical stuff happened and took place for Boston to take place. But I'm like, you would think a team that could knock down a three or could get back into it like that could end that, man. It's just crazy to see that 17-0 run. I don't think that was, you know, you know how we say for, you know, a lot of Pelicans games when they're playing facing hard opponents that it took a historical night for the Pelicans to win. Right. Well, I don't think that was really, Phoenix, I don't right. I don't really think that was the case for, you know, the Celtics. They they did kind of beat them by what, 12 points. Mm-hmm. I don't think it I don't think obviously there was something historic that happened last night, but I don't think that that needs to happen every single night for them to take a game in this series. Yeah, no doubt. Here's what uh Brian Windhorse had to say uh, on the win. Without Gary Payton, they're kind of a perimeter defender short, and especially against a team with Boston, um, his, his ability. So Kerr is going to have, as this series unfolds, Kerr is going to have some challenges in finding lineups that are going to be effective defensively. Now, Steph Curry was asked afterwards his thoughts on what happened in being down 1-0. It's not ideal, but um, believing who we are how we deal with adversity, <clears throat> excuse me, um, how we responded all year, how we responded in the playoffs after a loss. So learn a lot from that fourth quarter. Obviously, they made a lot of shots. Seemed like, I mean, I think they didn't miss until deep into the fourth. And, uh, you know, when you have a team that just finds a little bit of momentum like they did and they keep making shots. So it's a tough, it's tough to kind of regain that momentum. Um, and the guys that are making shots, obviously Al, Marcus, Derek White, Jalen early in the fourth, uh, they play well. So we know they're a good team. So are we, we got to respond on, on Sunday. I felt like they outwarred the Warriors. Like oh, when I'm watching absolutely. that fourth quarter, it wasn't just, hey, a guy got hot. Jordan, they, they were moving the basketball. There was a driving kick. There was that second pass to the open player. I mean, it, it, they, they looked like the Warriors are there. And I wonder if maybe what I thought may be a weakness may be a positive. The Celtics team has had to do nothing but fight the last several, you know, times playing. And Steph talked about that. I mean, I'm sure those experiences helped, but they also have a lot of, uh, veterans that have been around a good amount and had some, um, some tests and battles and, you know, it's also kind of when you look up and the way that the game had went from, from start to the beginning of the fourth quarter, they went on like a little 7 0 run to start the fourth. They look up and it's only five points. And, you know, those guys, none of them have been in the finals before. And we've been on the other side where you look up like, oh, we in this game. And that confidence is contagious. And they started making shots. So those little momentum swings that you can, you know, step on the gas and really take a team's confidence away, you have to capitalize on that. And we didn't do that to end the third quarter, that last minute or, minute or so, and then to start the fourth quarter. And then you just live and die by the shots that they can make. And... Uh, they got us tonight on that, so I'm sure those experience helped, but we can do something about it. So, um, Warriors, by the way, favored in game number two. Yeah, minus four. Have you, have you changed your thoughts based off of that game? They go down 2-0. I, I mean, you gotta win four of the next five. If they lose Sunday. It's interesting because I know we say that the Warriors had a ton of experience. The, their veteran guys have a ton of experience in the NBA Finals, but there is a, you know, a, there are a few guys that were added, you know, in those, you know, two years that they weren't competing mm-hmm. for titles or even in the playoffs that, you know, this is their first time in the NBA Finals. So I wonder if that kind of plays a factor into what happened last night. But again, if you look at, you know, is there really that much of a, of a difference from, you know, regular playoff basketball to NBA Finals basketball. It's almost the same atmosphere. So, I mean, obviously, I haven't been in that kind of environment. haven't been to a Finals game. So I wouldn't know what the atmosphere is. But I have been to a playoff game, and they're kind of intense. So I don't know how different it is than a regular playoff game. But 
I, it could play a factor for some of these guys on the Warriors that haven't been a part of, you know, those runs that the, the Golden State had the past couple of years. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be very, very odd to see how, how that, um, you know, translates again. Again, I, I, you hear John DeShazer and Ty Graffinini on, on the Pelicans broadcast, hey, it's a make or miss league. Again, all of a sudden they just got hot and started going. So I don't know how much you react or overreact to it at the end of the day. 40 to 16 is darn impressive, but we just saw a couple, sorry, series ago, Memphis do that to Golden State. So I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, in case you didn't do it, you still got a couple more games to use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NBA to make a little extra money. Did you bet on the, the Celtics? If you did and you're a new customer, you would have gotten $150 in free bets. If you want to turn a small bet into big payday in those NBA playoffs, use the DraftKings same game parlays. You can do that. Total threes made, block shots, things of that nature, points. Like I, I bet you people maybe lost a leg in Tatum having more than 12 points, right? <laughs> so oh, yeah. if that would have been the case, and you have at least three legs, though, DraftKings Sportsbook wants to give you up to $25 back on one of those legs if you have three or more legs. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, put in LaRose if you're a brand-new customer, and if you win on that team that wins, $5 on any NBA team to win that game, and $150 is coming your way in free bets. Mr. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers is up next. Regional action's already started, especially over in Florida, Jordan, because of all of the weather and rain that's coming that way. So they're getting things started there. So we'll get into all of that and more when we come back. It's the Sports Hangover in ESPN New Orleans. I'm taking what they're giving because I'm working for a living. It's time to have fun, so come on in. Great news for our video poker players. Cash Magic LaRose has reopened. Yes, Cash Magic LaRose is open and bigger and better than ever in our brand new casino right here in LaRose on Highway 308. So come on in and win. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Spring is finally here. At Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa, we're ready. With truckloads of fresh inventory arriving daily. Plus fantastic deals like the all-new redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Or the fuel-efficient class-leading MPG with Camry and Corolla. Greg LeBlanc Toyota is also giving you top dollar for your trade. Go ahead and shop the inventory online now at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These outstanding deals won't last long. Nope, Greg's got the deals. Shop South Hollywood Road Homa. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking, served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company, member FDIC. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Can we talk? talk sport? Real sports. Give us a hot spoonful of your opinion. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. It is regional Friday. Action's already started, especially over in Florida. They're trying to get um, ahead of Alex as it's making its impact over there. The first named storm of the season and situation. And no such case is going to take place over in Hattiesburg as Mr. Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Fighting Tigers, joins us, sir, as Southern Miss and Army will be the first game today. You guys are coming up here in a little bit at LSU Tigers voiceover on Twitter. It's the way to follow you. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, Gus. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, it looks like the weather is going to be okay for us here in Hattiesburg. So uh, after last week in Hoover, hopefully uh, we don't have any interruptions or pauses and we can get everything off on schedule. 
Yeah, no doubt. You definitely uh, don't want that to happen. And that's coming up over at 1 o'clock. But obviously, Kennesaw State's the team that you guys are going to be focusing on here in a little bit. I guess just put a bow of what happened over in the SEC tournament there and not getting a chance to host. How much do you think that affects uh, you as a team or, or not? I mean, what, how did uh, Coach Jay Johnson speak about and approach this regional this week? Well, I think he t- he looked at it as, you know, you play in the SEC tournament, winning an SEC tournament crown still means a lot because you're talking about the best baseball conference in the country, hands down. Um, you know, looking back on it now, I- I'm not sure. You know, I thought kind of coming off that sweep at Vanderbilt uh, and picking up 17 wins and finishing fourth in the SEC would be good enough uh, to host. I-, I really didn't feel like that they had to do, you know, I didn't feel like they had to make it to the semifinals of the SEC tournament to host, that kind of took me by surprise. I thought they had done enough work at that point. Right. Um, but as far as the team's concerned, I mean, I've said it a thousand times, you get around Jay Johnson uh, in October, December, January, February, April, it's all about the NCAA tournament. Everything he does, everything he plans for, everything they're working towards is starting later today. Um, so I think from a standpoint of, you know, how did the team react to, to coming up short, losing that game last Saturday in Hoover, I, I really don't think it'll have any impact at all uh, as to, to, to what they will do moving forward. And certainly that's the plan from the coaching staff. And, in fact, Bill Frankes and I were just talking about it moments ago before you called. We haven't played a baseball game since Saturday. Yeah. And the truth be told, uh, having a chance to get Jacob Berry back, Kate Doty back into the lineup, giving the pitching staff, I think, what would be a, a good amount of days of rest. Uh, I think it, uh, if anything else, it's the silver lining that had this much time to kind of get rejuvenated, re-energized, refocused, and head towards the ultimate goal, which is Omaha. You you mentioned two guys, uh, Jacob Berry and Kay Doty. How important is it for them to be coming back here in Hattiesburg? I know you mentioned just kind of the energy going into it, but – like you, like you mentioned, how important is it for them to come back to the team? What, what kind of morale does it bring to the team? Well, we can all guesstimate as to what would have happened on Friday night against Tennessee uh, in a game they lost five to two, where they had you know runners on throughout the game and just needed that clutch hit. And you're talking about you know arguably the best hitter in college baseball, uh, even from just the right side without Jacob Berry in that lineup. Not to mention Kate Doty, who also uh, swings a pretty good bat as well. So. You know, again, you would have, could have, should have. Would they have made a big difference in that game against Tennessee? Of course, nobody knows. But when you don't have those two sticks in the lineup mm-hmm. uh, and you hold the number one team who's only lost seven games to five runs for LSU, I think not having Kate Doty and Jacob Berry, when you look at their offensive numbers, is a big impact. Now, that's comparing it to the Tennessee Volunteers. You know, you could say the same thing for how Saturday went against Kentucky. And I think you could say the same thing against any team LSU has played this year. Without those two in the lineup, take away their numbers and see how many L's LSU has on their list. Right. Uh, again, it's a team sport, and it, it's not about one guy. It's not about two guys. But when you've got you know Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan, uh, and then able to have Jacob Berry and Kate Doty, uh, among other guys who have been you know swinging the bat much better here of late, Jordan Thompson comes to mind. Uh, having Gavin Dugas back is always key. So, yeah, I think it's important to have those two guys in the lineup. But I, I always hate and I hesitate to say, you know, a team is so much less without one player or two right. players. But I think the numbers bear it out in this case. At LSU Tigers Voice, the way to follow Chris Blair over on Twitter. Tigers coming up later this after, this evening in Game 2 of the Hattiesburg Regional. Chris, when you look at this Tigers team, and I, everyone's had an opinion or, or made a, a comment on it this week about the chances of moving on to super regional play, but to win this regional, you mentioned they have an offense. They got guys that can, you know, bring you back down 6-1 like they did at Vandy or, you know, tack things off. And they're always in the game. I guess what I'm trying to get at, but it's pitching and fielding, huh, Chris? I mean, when you look at this year's team, that's the things that stand out to me is a routine grounder can get you out of an inning in a double play. It could open up an inning for another team if that turns into an error. To me, the fielding, even more than pitching, is kind of my thing if the Tigers can do it. Does that make sense? Like That's that's the thing I'm a little worried about. Yeah, very few teams that that aren't good defensive 
can make it all the way to Omaha and then actually have a chance to, to go the two-week run in Omaha to, to lift the national championship trophy. So, um, you know, defense is huge. I tend to agree with you. Um, and I think that's kind of been the message, you know, and it has been all season, but certainly here of late. Like, LSU's got a very small margin of error uh, simply because you're going in without uh, a true host of starting pitchers, so you're piecing it together with the bullpen. Uh, that's number one. Number two, if you don't back those pitchers up uh, on on what you call a routine ground play, or, or also just making plays, you know, there's sometimes errors, and there's sometimes what Coach Johnson refers to as a non-play, where it's not ruled an error, but you had a chance to make the play and make the out back your pitcher up. So, I mean, that's that's the question mark. Is it possible for a team to come in and just swat their way to victory right. in a given game? Yes, I just think over a two to three three-week period, that's hard to sustain because there's an awful lot of teams who also swing the bat very well. So, Chris, what, what do and we know? And by the way, Gus, by the way, guys, I'm blaming it on you because as soon as we get on the phone, guess what happens? It starts to rain here. No. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no way. I mean, it's gonna... <laughs> it is uh, it is absolutely sunny, not a cloud over here, though. Because here's the thing, though. It is summer. It's June, which means it'll probably pass real quick, right? And it's an artificial no, surface. Way. Yeah, the local weatherman has told me for two nights straight that uh, it's going to be some showers. It's summertime, okay. but it's okay. not going to affect the game. So I'm holding him to it. Otherwise, yeah, I'm going to call him out on social media. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. Go ahead. So, Chris, what do we know about the Kennesaw State Owls? They're a team, uh, you know, I was talking to their broadcaster yesterday morning. And, you know, when you look at the numbers and you kind of watch a little bit of film, you realize it's kind of a – Atlantic Sun version of LSU this season. It's a team that relies on offense. They've had to outscore people. Uh, their pitching numbers are not going to bowl you over. Their ERA and A Sun play is not horrible, but it's 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 not it's not great. Um, and you know they've got guys that really bash the baseball around the park, and that's that's kind of their mo. And so I think their head coach talked about coming in when asked about taking on LSU. He said, you know, LSU is a more talented, more deep SEC version of what Kennesaw State does. So, um, you know, this park is is not one that's small. Uh, you know, down the lines, it's a little longer than Alec Box. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the box maybe is five feet deeper in center field. Power alleys are the same. So it's not particularly a, a hitter's park. It can be at times, depending on the weather. Um, but but I think both of these teams, you know, have the ability to, to not only get extra base hits, but, but put it over the fence. So, to me, that's that's where it comes down to. I think, as odd as it may sound, in this first game tonight, uh, I think LSU's pitching is going to be key to, to their success. And I know that may take people by surprise. I think LSU's going to be able to, to get men on. I think they're going to be able to score runs. Um, they may just have to outscore the out. Jay Johnson said earlier this week, um, Kennesaw, when, when Kennesaw State finds out, you'll find out what the pitching staff is. Now, here, here's a coach um, in, in Jay Johnson, Chris, that has gone to the World Series and winning regionals and super regionals by going through at home and then also on the road. So he's got that experience there, and he says, look, this is just his thing. It's not maybe based off of LSU pitching this year. It's just this is how he sort of operates. And I guess in his mind he sort of has what he does. But you and I have talked about in the past on the show – how he's handled the pitching and, and, and having that feel, you think he's done one of the better jobs that you've seen as a as a coach, huh? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, to come in and, and win 17 games in the SEC, finish fourth, and, you know, really make Mikhail Hilliard and credit to Mikhail to, to becoming maybe the only true SEC weekend starter. But we can all admit he's not the prototypical SEC starter. Um, he just has that competitive fire and the experience. I think both of those together have made him successful this year. But outside of that, I mean, we have, you know, seen different guys try to be game two starters, game three starters. Uh, some have had success. Then the next time out, not so much success. Then we try another guy. And it's basically been put together by the bullpen, um, you know, putting three, four, sometimes five guys to complete a game. And knowing when to make that switch, knowing which guy to go to, I think Jay has, just done a masterful job and to be honest with you we would play midweek games early in the season midway through the season and at the end of the season and a lot of times teams aren't really sure who they're going to throw and and maybe they decide the day of or a couple hours before and jay just said hey when i find out who their starting pitcher is i'll give you who ours is that's just kind of (laughs) the way it works it's not and as he explained to the media i think yesterday 
or maybe even before the team left, you know, it's not a matter of trying to be deceptive. It's that's the way they prepare for NCAA play. And the truth is, the rules say he has to tell you who the pitcher is when he goes out and sees the umpire and hands up the lineup. So I think we've all gotten a little accustomed (laughs) to, oh, we need to know three days in advance. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not really the way it has to be. So I I, I think it's much ado about nothing, to be honest with you. Well, Chris, you ready? You ready? I mean, uh, things start obviously in February. You got basketball mixed in, and then all of a sudden you get into the baseball and then conference play. And this is what it's all about, though, when it comes to LSU baseball and pretty much this time of the year. It's fun looking at the scores and everything. I think there may be some upsets in regional play. There may be some interesting matchups in super regional play, but you got to win the games in front of you. Yeah, no, I'm ready. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've got no love for the city of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I think they pulled the NCAA into convincing them they had enough hotel rooms to handle everything. <laughs> we have been in three hotels in two days wow. trying to find a place to stay because there is a travel ball tournament here that uh, apparently has taken all the rooms on top of the NCAA. So the teams had trouble finding rooms. Uh, all the staff that, that I like to call us the ancillary staff on the yeah. outer side, we've had trouble finding rooms. So, um, yeah, boo on Hattiesburg. So I'm ready to play baseball. Let's just get me in the booth. Maybe I'll just spend the night there. There you go. Uh, you know, I'm sure we've we've all found ways to catch some Z's either on the plane, on a bus, and as you said, uh, on a booth. I just pulled up weather.com. It literally is one green circle that's over Hattiesburg. That's it, though. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah, right that, over that, that, How long is it going that, home for? Tropical storm gust is what I'm calling it. <laughs> it I mean, it literally it's the only thing in and around that area for about 150 miles. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you know, I did go to Southern Miss, Chris. So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I hope it affects your team's game, not ours. <laughs> that is very true. They they play in a half hour. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the time, sir. All right, guys. Be good. Yeah, for sure. Have a good broadcast and call as the Tigers take on Kennesaw State tonight. That is coming up. At 6 o'clock on the LSU Sports Radio Network. Quick break where we come back. Jordan, uh, we'll give us some time to kind of go over some OTA stuff yesterday that we got a chance to sort of see. And again, you know, we got a chance to hear from a couple of other players here as well that maybe are part of the point that we want to make about, I think, a very young and maybe added depth team. So we'll hear from Alante Taylor and also Paulson Debo, who again, it's hard to believe that got what he did last year. I don't think you can overestimate or overstate now, um, what he did last year, right? I mean, it was, that was the question at this time of the year. Who's the opposing corner, right? They got to make a trade. They got to do all, they even went and traded for a guy never started for the Saints because of Paulson Debo. We'll talk about that next on ESPN New Orleans. A grade C is just average. A grade B, better. But an A? An A is excellent. And an A is what Thibodeau Regional earned for patient safety from the LeapFrog Group, a leading healthcare quality and safety organization. This A in patient safety is yet another confirmation of Thibodeau Regional's commitment to providing patients with the highest quality, safest care. Technology makes it possible to recreate a deep green forest with a sound machine. Ah, relaxing. But to make your devices greener, you need more than technology. You need CDW to implement upgrades with AMD-powered HP devices. Built for more power with less energy waste, all-day battery life, and full memory encryption. So your team can enjoy the beautiful sounds of inner office emails. AMD makes sustainable devices possible. CDW makes it powerful. Learn more at cdw.com slash amd. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. Okay, easy now. You're teaching a kid how to parallel park. Ouch! (laughs) Turns out he likes to do it by feel. (laughs) Don't worry, eBay Motors has bumpers, taillights, trunk lids, license plate holders, 122 million parts. Pull up just a little bit. And headlights. (laughs) They've got lots of headlights. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors. Let's ride. 
you want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to The Sports Hangover. Question of the day is something that we're about to get into, what we saw yesterday at St. Sotier's. Well, Saints fans, what stands out to you from what you have seen or read on Saints OTAs, you could comment or call in 800-998-1003 or tweet at us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Hmm. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, Jordan, was when you think of, of the of the youth in that secondary that the Saints have, but also I, I do think talent that comes in there as well. A, a lot of it is you look at um, Alante Taylor, and let's be honest, right? The day that the Saints draft him, and you're like, what? Who, who's that? I mean, you had other guys, maybe a safety could go with it, and all that other stuff. But since you you kind of heard from a lot of people, hey, there, there's something about this guy. You can sort of see it. And not having Marshawn Lattimore at the OTAs has given his, you know, him an opportunity to go in there and, 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 and do that and work with the ones. And you saw him doing that last week, and you saw him doing that this week. So... I think that helps, and you heard Dennis Allen touch on him, and you heard a couple of other players kind of touch on him too, that there's something about him. And look, uh, I want to say, I think Amy brought it up when she came on and and some other Saints reporters after the draft that, look, he he was a team captain. Ross Jackson, I think, brought it up, uh, as well as some people that brought up his leadership and and, and things of that nature. So yesterday he was in the locker room and was – kind of going over some of the things so far that have stood out to him. And more importantly than anything else, Jody, you got to know where you're going, right? Yeah. When that play call comes in, do you know what the you gotta defense is? you got to study the paper. Yes, you got to do that. Um, you know, it's just really just understanding the playbook, understanding technique, details. Um, you know, biggest thing I've been doing is just kind of going in there, watching my technique every day. Uh, coaches have kind of been talking to me about that. And uh, the playbook is kind of new. Uh, it's easy for me to understand and learn, though. So uh, just grasping those small things. So I think that thing, that does help, right, the, that he can understand that playbook. I mean, it would, it would sort of help there as well. About those mental reps, all uh, important. It's totally different for sure. Uh, you know, so I just kind of watch the other guys. Uh, you know, when Tyron's here, I talk to him. He sits in front of me during meetings. So, you know, I ask him questions on what he's doing and why he's doing it that way. So uh, good veteran guys that helped me out as a young guy. But, you know, just trying to hone in as a corner position right now too. Yeah. Now, also, where is he playing? Now, when we saw him, he was basically where Lattimore would play, mm-hmm. right, that right cornerback positions where he was yeah uh so i'm just playing corner right now uh you know coaches kind of remind me understand nickel uh you know if i can understand the safety position as well so just taking notes on all positions um and just going back to the hotel room and just breaking those positions down do it all <laughs> right is that how it works well no i, I think it's that's kind of an interesting point because you know we heard from dennis allen yesterday that he's not going to change up much of you know what was going well for the saints and that is you know, trying out a bunch of these guys at different positions. And we've seen that with Sean Payne. I'm sure a bunch of other teams do it, but there was a lot of, you know, off seasons where we saw Sean Payton put in a lot of guys in positions that they weren't used to playing. So it's kind of interesting to see Dennis Allen kind of doing the same thing on the, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, kind of testing out where this guy should be playing, um, where he fits on, you know, on the field. And I think it's just interesting how similar, OTAs, just from what I saw the short amount of time yesterday, has been to the Sean Payton era. Yeah, and and that again, that I think that's what you wanted. Right. If you're Mickey Loomis in the organization, I think that's also what we said would be the advantage of going with the Dennis Allen. It would sort of make that sense, and I think it's also why you don't see some of the jersey sellers, the names, the big players, maybe not at this OTA. And I've heard some people, and it was out there, it was a discussion that. And, you know, maybe you probably would want a higher attendance by some of the guys mm-hmm. with a new coach and Dennis Allen's first year. But I think part of that is the fact that it it is a new 
position for him, but is somebody that's familiar. And I also think, and I'll go back to Jarvis Landry here in a sec about it, about his thoughts on Dennis Allen. And I think that's the thing that, that stood out to me in that he brought up yesterday when he was asked about being here at OTAs. If you listen to it, listen to it and see if you pick up what I'm talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, DA is a, DA, listen, DA is amazing. You know, uh, obviously this is a weird off season for, for me. Um, obviously first time head coach, well, second time head coach, but you know, first time here, but um, I had a lot of moving parts going on and he was very understanding um, about, you know, me not being here early on and, you know, and getting here now, it's, you know, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be on the grass, be running routes, you know, have opportunity to learn and be a part of the culture and the team and, you know, find my place here. So you heard him say that, that, you know, that the DA um, is somebody that he knows, that he had some things to take care of, but also it, it sounds like a player coach. Does that make sense? Like he understands he's a vet. He's like, look, I'd love you to be here, but I got some stuff to do. Cool, no problem. I got you here. And and you also heard him say, look, he's been doing fantastic. And th- th- I guess it just popped in my head. It was almost like when C.J. McCollum first got here. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm talking about where he immediately brought up Willie Green almost without being asked about Willie Green. You know, it's like, it's been great. Willie's been great. Like, in other words, that part of maybe the learning curve and process since the Raiders. And also, again, it does help. And it's something that I think people outside of here don't don't put into perspective here he knows these these players especially on that side of the football right i mean he knows these guys he coached them right. he was the defensive coordinator so he knows demario who's in town john Hendricks, who may or may not join us today is at a demario davis function so he's in town it's not like these guys don't know what they're sort of doing right and he gets that so i think it's probably that fine line of him going hey i'm whatever makes you comfortable and good just get your stuff done in that trust factor. Like, do you trust Mario Davis? Oh, absolutely. Do you trust Marshawn Lattimore? Yeah. Do you trust Alvin Kamara? I mean, like, to, to, to get ready and be ready, right? Based right. off of what they haven't experienced. So I'm not going to fret over it. Does that make sense? For, for sure. And I think that's it's all, you know, kind of balancing, you know, being a coach and maybe not stepping on players' toes, especially, you know, some of your star player toes where, all right, you're you're the new head coach and you don't want to get off on, a, on the wrong foot. Um with with how things are have traditionally been done. Yeah, and I think that was one of the things that really stood out to me uh, about those things. Now, here's one of the other things uh, that we'll get into in a quick second, but I want to get to uh, Uncle Earl. Thanks, buddy, for hitting me up because I had my, my sound up, so I can't see it. Uncle Earl, thank you for calling us here on the show. What you got for us, man? Hey, Hey, Goose, how's it going today? Good, man. Well, breaking breaking news did did uh did Jameis throw a pick yesterday in, in practice? I, I heard it on the radio. Yeah, he threw he threw a pick. Yeah, I heard it was. Back. Uh, can we see what Dalton has? Um, oh come on! Stop. I don't know. Is see, that kind of early? Are, are we doing this, Uncle? Or, uh, you are joking, are we, right? It, <laughs> yes, I am. Joking. Okay, thank you, thank you. Because I literally I looked at Jordan and I went no. That's why he didn't, like, I was on this morning. I was on this morning with Scott Prather because I'm on his show in Lafayette on Friday mornings at 7.15. And he was like, you know, he's limping. He's throwing picks. I'm like, stop it. I'm like, stop it right there, screaming A, because the limp was less than it was the week ago because I'm absolutely positive. I think a lot of it has to do with the brace. This one was a smaller one than the one that we saw a week ago. And also – the, who threw a pick yesterday that makes 235 guaranteed? Um, I'm pretty sure that is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Look, here's the thing. Drew Brees threw a pick, uh, and he threw several <laughs> to end the season in his career. So you're going to throw picks. It's practice. I'd rather him throw picks now. And, and quite honestly, yeah, I'm glad too, you're man. doing it. I'm glad you brought it up and you're having fun with it because I, I really do. It's crazy, man. It's, uh, Joe Burrow, by the way, had – Horrible interceptions last year in the end zone in untimely times. By the way, he did not have a brace on his. It, and he did not have a brace. Look, they're they're gonna throw picks, and I I just uh-huh. hope that this fan base and more importantly the media, you know, don't harp on. I mean, the guy's gonna throw an interception this year. It's yeah, gonna you know, happen. Hey, it's good, the NFL. Where, where y'all at today? 
Buddy said y'all on location or no? We were. We were going to be uh, at Francesca's yesterday, today. We will be on Monday, I promise. One way, shape, or form, we're going to be there on Monday. So it's going to happen, I promise. Mo- and, Monday. And, huh? and in my hands, I have Monster Jam tickets. So that from now on, anytime oh, we're at Francesca's, Katie's, or Bienvenue, I will have Monster Jam tickets, and in the week leading to... Uh, the monster. I have pit passes as well, which is where you can That's get all. on the hey, floor. Hey, goes yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I believe, man. I, I really, and more. I'm diving into this, to this a little more. I think we're going to have the top two defense. I really believe that. And who do we, Goose? Who do we have for uh, depth wise on our um, on our defensive line, like nose tackle and and uh, uh, you know. I know we got on the ends, but mm-hmm. up the middle, who do we have? It's like in the defense, the starters, and also the depth behind them guys. Shy Tuttle, right, uh, and Anyamata, uh, the two that you, right. you would see right there in there. Contavious Street, I thought, was big oh, to see him right. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he was That's there yesterday. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Some, That's going to be huge, some, man. Oh, look, it, it's actually what I'm going to talk to Marlon Favorite about at 2.15 about this defensive line and its potential. Peyton Turner spoke last week. He's not at OTAs. He said he'll be ready for training camp, and uh, and that's his goal. Same thing with Marcus Davenport. You know, again, if those two guys can be healthy, and look, I, I don't care. At this point, I don't care if I don't see you, uh, you know, and, and don't play in the preseason. I, I need them healthy because if I can get a season's worth of DN play from both of those guys. Oh, man, I'm excited. Hey, Goose, real quick, yeah. anything on Marcus May from yesterday? Did he have his little court thing? Did that come back good or um, no yet? I, I know me and John were trying to find anything on that and what was said in that course case. Which he was, was out there and he wasn't limping, though. Well, that, no, I was going to say, well, he's, he's talking about the DUI case and, and all you. that, which was two days ago. But yesterday yeah, on I'm the sorry. field, no, that's fine. But yesterday on the field, yeah, I mean, I literally, I told George, I said, come here, come over here. And, you know, he was over there hanging out with everybody else. I'm like, come over here. That's and awesome. I said, look at hey. six. And I said, look at six. And oh, that's Marcus man. May. And he's doing it. He did everything. And, and I said, that's incredible that potentially the Saints will have another defensive starter this year start the season following an Achilles injury, which wow. is crazy. Because last year it was, um, you know, Quan Alexander. And this year, Marcus May, again, barring suspension. And we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be, you know, anything or not. Off of the DUI charge, so we'll see. Goose, Goose is Quan out the question? I mean, you think that's far gone conclusion? We're not going to get him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I, like, here's the thing. Him, I, I think. I think both. I, I think the Saints would love to have him. Um, at, at that price, what's the price? What's the market? I don't know. I, I know they're very happy with Pete Werner, you know, and and Demario Davis was very, um high in praise of Pete Werner last year. And I know Dennis Allen was as well. Sean Payton was as well. So I, I think I think they may have just been like, you know what, we're going to turn the page uh, on that aspect. But you could always have that depth and have that. But the fact he hasn't signed yet, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Goose, always a pleasure. You and Jordan have a good weekend, buddy. Sure, man. Hopefully we'll see you out there on Monday and I'll have some Monster Jam tickets. Sound good? Sounds good, Goose. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, buddy, take care. There he goes. Uncle Earl. By the way, he had that deer sausage. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was delicious. It was delicious. Quick break. We come back. Phone lines are still open. 800-998-1003. Actually, it's Coach G time. Got to talk to Coach G real quick. We'll do that next. It's a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. It's finally Friday. I'm free again. I got my motor running for a wild weekend. It's finally Friday. I'm out of control. Forget the work and blues and let the good times it's the Ram Make the Switch event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. 
The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. It's been a couple months since you were back in front of these U.S. fans. How'd it feel tonight? Um, yeah, it was nice. To be honest, uh, for whatever reason, I'm not super happy with uh, the amount of Americans here. However, that works out, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but uh, it's thanks to the ones who did come, and uh, the support is always great from them. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to be back in America and playing again. Wow. For Coach whatever reason. G, Pat Gicon Terry joins us to talk a little bit about this. The C, uh, stadium, 26,000 is the capacity. 19,512 showed up for a game yeah. that meant absolutely nothing. On a Tuesday, and this guy's complaining. Or Wednesday. Uh, what, what do you say of that, Coach? First off, good afternoon, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing yeah. fine. It's crazy because uh, my girlfriend and I were watching it, and we both like looked at each other like, did he just say that? Now, after a couple of days of processing and, and all that, I can understand where he's coming from. Cincinnati has been selling out um, their, their club games, and I think that's one reason why they decided to put this game in Cincinnati because the weather and trying to build up that soccer in that city. But only for you know nineteen thousand to show up, I can see where Pulsic is saying is like, "Hey, we we made we qualified for the World Cup. Here's kind of a tune-up. Um, yeah, it means nothing, but here's a squad that we are going to take with us. Come on, check us out." And for them to not even fill out the entire stadium, it's again, it's questionable of why they didn't show up. I don't know if the tickets were too expensive, but as, as an American uh, soccer player, I would be like looking around like we should be filling out this entire stadium every single time. Um, I, don't, I don't know if this has to do with anything with the uh, collective bargaining agreement that you know both women and men are going to share the pot. You know, moving forward, I don't think it has anything to do with that. But it just seems kind of weird that after kind of that kind of settling that this kind of happens that now they're not selling out the very first game let's see what happens in the next game uh, and the third game and the fourth game let's see if there's a ripple effect with the contract that they signed i hope not i hope that all the games moving forward you know those stadiums are packed because this is the team that we are going to carry um to cutter um later in uh this year uh november december that, that's so it, i want to interrupt you just real quick because that, that yeah. it, it's interesting that you bring up that point because they're playing four matches in june mm-hmm. as a warm-up but they mm-hmm. don't play again until the fall. Do, do you think it's, do you think like say if they were starting in July, there might be the more interest or is it kind of like what you're saying as well, maybe, maybe I don't know who's playing on there. Like now that I, I read that, cause when I saw the headline, I'm like, what do you really? I didn't even know you were playing because there's games mm-hmm. and matches where the top players don't play and things mm-hmm. that nature. So I didn't know until I got to the third column. That the ESPN story said this is the first of four, yep. you know, pre preview matches or or warm up matches. I'm like, oh, so this is this is the team. Like this isn't the they're, they're picking to see who's going to be mm-hmm. on the roster. Like this is what they're sending to Cutter. I'm yeah. like, well, why? Yeah, and they're trying to figure me? out who the starting eleven is and who's going to be coming off the bench. You know, versus all this. It's right now like it's like ninety five percent almost locked in. So. This is kind of what we're going to be looking for in the next couple of months. But like you said, uh, we have four games coming up here, and this is kind of like the make or break for our team because we do have a layoff. 
Um, looking over in Europe, Europe right now has a tournament in the summertime. I believe it's called the Nations uh, Cup or Nations League. This is just a warm-up because right now we should be having the World Cup. World Cup is normally in the summertime and not in the wintertime. Since it is in the Middle East, um, it's a lot hotter in the summertime, so that's why it got shipped. So if they didn't... if if they didn't play right now, United States or any of these uh, club teams, I'm sorry, all these um, international teams, right. who they're not going to get better. They're not going to bond together. So it's kind of a need to play right now for the United States to play these four games to keep up with the European teams that are playing their tournaments right now um, in Europe. Because those are the same teams that they're going to bring over to uh, the World Cup. It's like we need to bring in our, our freshers, our most cohesive group, and the only way to do that is to play games. So, um, like I said, normally the, the World Cup is going to be in the summertime, but since we don't have that, USA had to find other games, a lot of friendlies to, um, to make up. But again, this is our squad, and to only have 19,000 show up for our squad that, you know, has been throughout the news that this okay. is the next, you know, golden uh, generation, you know, we have a lot of studs, and only 19 show up. So it's, let's see, let's see what the future holds. All right, so Pat G. Conterry saying, shame on you Americans for not yeah. supporting it. <laughs> How can we grow it if no one shows up? No, that's a very good point. But again, I think you you bring up a a, a good point. This is the team that's going on. This is your chance to see them. This is your chance while they're actually trying to find out who the final 11 is. So it it does matter for their action as opposed to this isn't like a friendly to just play. They're Mm -hmm. legitimately trying to find their 11. And that's something that you said it's, it's actually really important, Coach G., as to what that 11 actually is going to be and who it should be, which we'll, we'll get into that maybe next week. Got about three minutes left here, and I want to get your opinion on this. I watched it in its entirety, and you, you, you'd have to be blind to not see that. I don't mean that in a bad way, but the emotion that was mm-hmm. on the pitch between Scotland and Ukraine, and it was palpable. And when they went up 1-0, I was like, uh-oh, they wound up yeah. winning 3-1. Now, they're going to play Wales tomorrow. What's interesting is the winner of that game moves into Group B. Group B has England, Iran, and the U.S. in the World Cup. So not only, Coach D, am I watching this tomorrow to see if Ukraine can get in, because it means so much to them. But... There's they, so they, many they different actually, levels that we can go with, this, right. you know, and everything. Like, yeah, Wales kind of cool to see them. You know, a very small country to, to get get into the World Cup. I don't think they qualified for like thirty or forty years. But then now you have the present day Ukraine and what's going on in their country, and the hope that they go on to you know to get their story you know more worldwide. It's going to be a great game, regardless. But let's say Ukraine does win. Now they're going to be in our group. They're playing for much more than just soccer right now, and I think that's why they they're going to have a leg up on Wales when they played against Scotland. It looked like they they were thirsty. They they weren't playing soccer. They're playing up bigger and bigger above them than the actual game. They're playing for their country. They're playing for everything, and they they need to keep their composure. And it's it's I wouldn't say it's glad to see, but I'm glad to see after the game is over, the the whistle blows and they let out their emotion. This it has to be weighing on them so heavily, and the only time they really have an escape is on the pitch. And even on the pitch, they're still together. So it, they're constantly, their world is just wrapped up in what's going on um, um, in their country. So I can see them um, winning against, um, uh, sorry, Scotland. I'm sorry, Wales. Um, Ukraine and Eastern Europe usually play a tougher game, more of a physical game, where Eastern Europe um, plays, I'm sorry, Western Europe plays more of a uh, style kind of game. So a lot of times the power will um, will make the style quit. So what I'm trying to say is um, the aggressiveness with Ukraine and what's going on right now with Ukraine, I, I think they're going to win, again, 3-1, maybe uh, 3-0. They have a lot of um, factors that are pulling for them. Wales are going to play with um, like Gareth Bale, some of the quality players that we've um, we've watched, we've talked about um, over the years um, with Real Madrid and Tottenham. So they do have some good players, but Ukraine is playing for something more. And they do have some great players like Kishenko, who plays for Man City, who's a defender who just won the, uh, the Premier League. They have some great players on Ukraine. But I think bigger picture, what's going on in their country, what they're fighting for, what they're playing for, I think that's going to give them the advantage. Now, when they come into the group, now they're going against us in England and Iran. Now, I might have a different feeling when they're going against us. But right now, it's definitely, I'm rooting for Ukraine. I, I love their passion right now. I love what they're, what they're trying to aim for and the message that, that this squad, that's, this uh, 18 squad is going through. So it's going to be a great game on Sunday. I believe it's at 11 o'clock. So, uh, something like that, yeah. Uh, 11 o'clock Sunday, so hopefully, uh, we get the, uh, the morning Mai Tais or whatever, kind of get it going here and watch the game and then have some fun that day. So yeah, it's gonna be a great game. 
Bloodies, little bloody Marys. That's what uh, uh, that's that tomato it. juice. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, really, the tomato juice is issue. It, it is. You know, being Italian, I, I don't like tomatoes. I like ketchup. I like pasta sauce. Really? But like the actual tomatoes, yeah, I'm weird like that, uh, man. Okay, well, so, no. You, you and my wife need to have conversations because she, yeah, she has like this doughy texture thing. She don't like biscuits, but she'll eat a Popeye biscuit. But I can't get her like really? a cinnamon roll, dude. It's trust me, it is. Popeye yeah. biscuits are pretty damn good, though. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. They're yeah, pretty good. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, Coach G. We'll talk again next yes, week. Sir. Sir. We'll start focusing on uh, the importance, obviously, of setting that final roster for Team USA. Thank you, bud. Right down the corner. Yes, sir. Have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the weekend. When we come back, I Jeez, promise um, you want to you want to come back with us. Please. Like, don't go anywhere. If you're in a car, give me three minutes. Because when I come back, and I said it at the time that Deshaun Watson picked. The Cleveland Browns, the Saints, I went and dodged a self-inflicted bullet to the head. His attorney, Rusty Harden, was just on Sports Radio 610 in Houston where, you know, Clint Sterner does his show. Don't, don't give it away. I'm not. Don't I just, I just, I'm just telling you, I just wait till I play his thoughts as to, uh, you know, what happens in a massage parlor happens in a massage parlor. Doesn't mean it's illegal. Wow. Sports hangover next on ESPN The Miracle on Ice, Helmet Catch, Flu Game. It's clutch moments like these that separate the winners from the losers. So in a market sometimes down 16%, 50%, 92%, who's pulling off a win? Well, look 